You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easily and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. Today's guest is a well-known star in the restaurant and hospitality industry, having helped build and operate many of the restaurants we know and love. He currently runs a hospitality consulting company called Bird's Eye Hospitality. He also has a podcast called Heroic Hospitality. Be sure to check it out. And we are actually standing on site in his latest project called The Beacon, which we're going to hear more about. It's a very fascinating uh, and timely, I think, um, project. Prior to that, he was instrumental in launching Lower 48, which was voted Denver's best new restaurant. He was also director of operations at Frasca Food and Wine, which I know is a lot of people's favorite restaurant. He grew that team from 35 employees up to 120. He also achieved a Michelin star rating at the dining room at the Ritz-Carlton San Francisco. I very much appreciate you being here, Mario Nocifera. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I am, so as I said, we're sitting in, the, in what will become your new project called The Beacon. Indeed. Can you give a high-level... Uh, description of what this is going to be. It's a very unique concept, and I'm excited to hear more about it. You know, on a high level, this is going to be an immersive art dance bar, live music venue, and local watering hole. Great. And I know that um, you are partnered with some of the, I don't know what you would call it, community uh, organizations that exist for, um, you know, in the art um, communities and the Um, festival communities. Can you talk more about that? Sure. I think that's more of a lifestyle, but my business partner is Robert Champion. Um, Robert and I connected about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And, you know, he had come to me with this idea that he had, which I thought was an amazing idea. And the more we continued to speak about the idea and engage um, as friends, the more we just knew innately that uh, we'd be great business partners. And so we decided to do this together. That's cool. Yeah. And we walked through, uh, you kind of talked through the, the floor plan with me, but mm-hmm. there's indoor, the portions of it are indoor. You're going to have some outdoor space. The reason I think it's timely is because in this new isolated world, we're all kind of being forced to live in. Yes. Everyone is wanting to seek out reasons to come together mm-hmm. and be together and have experiences uh, I think that is never going to go away, and uh, that's basically what you're building—a bunch of you know individual little areas where you can. Um, 
Yeah, so on a high level, the immersive art will transcend throughout the entire space and into the backyard. And, you know, as you mentioned, our backyard space is uh, right around 2,500 square feet, so a sizable backyard. And, again, favorable for the times, but in general, Colorado always... um, has always had a close relationship with its patios. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all covered in tents right now, which is <laughs> yeah. weird. But, uh, Super weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know who feels more safe in those things. Exactly. But, uh, well, you can eat outside as long as you build an inside in your outside. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme yeah, about exactly. that. I thought it was pretty hilarious. So can you go into, um, in a little more detail, as much as you can, about... Uh, what is going to be in the beacon? Sure. What's the what is it? You mentioned uh, experience of the guest is mm-hmm. super important. Uh, what experience is the guest going to get when they come here? Um, can you talk a little bit more, little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a handful of ways to enjoy the space. We will have a bar that anchors our business, open seven days a week for all to enjoy. First and foremost, we're, we are a bar. Mm-hmm. with a dance component. In addition to that, private parties is going to be a big part of our business model. Ticketed events, anything from artist markets, food trucks. There's going to be a permanent food truck out back. Okay. Our bars, we're going to have two bars. So when you walk in the front door off of Larimer, there'll be a roll-up garage door that you can see into. And as you see into, you'll be able to see some of the, of the art. Um, there's a handful of ideas on the table when you first walk in, what to expect. But then as you make a right, um, you walk into the bar. And then as you walk past the 14-person bar, as you walk past the bar, you'll enter the dance hall, mm-hmm. which is also a convertible space, like I said earlier, yeah. like for artist markets during the day, um, yoga experiences during the day, sound healings, all these like different things ideas we have for daytime activations right um and um the dance part of it are you sure. gonna have live music or live music, DJ yeah, music or for sure okay. so everything from djs to jam bands to world-class artists cool mm-hmm. cool all right yeah one uh one of our concepts is going to be the bodega which is uh which will have a bar that will service our patio oh, so nice. we have a we're toying around with a handful of ideas but uh but our first immersive art experiences is this bodega that we both came up with when we were walking the space and thought it was such a clever idea. Um, but if you could imagine like the most overpacked bodega in New York or Istanbul, right? And you can get anything from pinatas to condoms in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, you can buy stuff at this little convenience store. Yeah. And. Um, and you can get your, and an, pick up a drink, and on, the pick up the a drink on the way to the back patio. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. I, can I buy a pinata in the bodega, go hang it somewhere in the back patio and <laughs> yes, yes, you can. It's probably going to have my birthday party after, yeah. After you have a couple of drinks or something. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of our business model is we are an event company yeah. and, um, uh, some of our highly themed, highly curated rooms will be, or I should say all of them will be able to book for a private event. So six to 16 of your friends can enjoy one of our highly themed rooms, um, 
Just yeah, and ev- yeah everyone knows phone, yeah. Uh, a party is always better if there's a theme or like costumes or something, right? Oh, oh is that just gosh. me that thinks that? No, no, no. <laughs> just if, if you go on our Instagram, it's clear who we are. Yeah. <laughs> it runs, uh, it runs our thread for sure. Yeah. That's cool. So it's, yeah, super fun. Um, that's the whole spirit of this place is let's just have fun. You know, imagination, creativity, yep. um, conversation really engaging with whomever you come with and new friends yeah um but yeah this is uh something and i know we, you're uh, you mentioned uh when we were walking around there's two rooms that you're gonna they're gonna be art artist rooms yes yes is yes that um for me to go pick up a drink at the bar and go sit in this area that's just almost like a immersive art experience or yes is that also somewhere where somebody can sell their art if they um, you know, if they want to create something in there just to either get well, you know, better known or, uh, actually sell their art if they're into that. Of course. Yeah. Everything's on the table right now, but as, as we vision it right now, this is an immersive art experience. Yeah. And so we are looking for, um, sponsors to sponsor an artist and the artist can then come in and create their dream environment. Yeah. Whatever that may be, we'll let them dream it up. We just offer the platform for them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. But we, but again, I think what's really cool about this process and like how I have looked at not only my past businesses, but really understanding that we're going to employ over 30 artists before we're even opened. Right. As we continue to open at any one given time, we will be featuring 40 to 50 artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, okay. before we're even open, we're going to have 25 different tradesmen. And yeah. before we open, we're going to employ probably 30 to 40 different artists before we even open the doors. Wow. Which is really cool to think To create about. this environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are it's there specific fun. types of artists that you want to be involved or are you guys at this point open to... Um, you know, like sculpture artists or painters or, uh, you know, metal workers. Well, you know, Robert and I get a lot of our inspiration from Burning Man. Okay. So even our general contractor, believe it or not, has been to the burn a handful of times. And uh, so, you know, we have a specific direction we lean, but everything's on the table. Cool. You know, anyone's welcome to hang out with us, shoot the shit, be creative and come up with ideas and present something. Yeah. Yeah. When, are, when is the opening date targeted for? feel pretty good about saying spring of 21. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you have, uh, it's not just, so I want to ask a, a hard question. Sure. Uh, in light of COVID and us, you know, threats of things closing down even more, which a lot of cities are uh-huh. doing right now. How do you feel? I mean, are you guys nervous about um, opening, uh, you know, you have a target uh, opening of spring 2021. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, we feel very confident about that. In particular, the outdoor area will be a huge value add to the experience here. Mm. Um, and I, th- and I, I, I truly feel like hopefully we're coming to the tail end of it. I mean, this is a real fingers crossed situation regarding timing. I mean, big picture, we're extremely confident in what we're going to build here, but the immediate future and building a business plan around the unknown when it, in relation to a pandemic is challenging. So being ultra conservative and just hoping that either there's a vaccination or 
the ability to understand what it's life in the new world regarding, you know, entertainment. So right, and uh, that is timely actually because springtime is going to start being warmer. It's, yes, people are going to want to yes. be outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. I look forward to um, to it opening. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're we're excited. We're going to have a dance floor inside and a dance floor outside. And uh, the great thing about this particular space is it's it's extremely convertible. Mm-hmm. So you can enjoy the space in many different ways. And so um, artist markets um, that we plan on doing yeah. and really engaging the community to en- engaging the community with the space yeah. outside of nightlife. So, you know, again, the um, art fair is a great example of that. Um, even outdoor yoga practice would be great mm. uh, we, there will be a food truck um full-time 100 of the time here oh nice mm-hmm. um what are the what are the ways if somebody wants to learn more about it because they want to come here eventually or they're an artist and they want to contribute to the yes. atmosphere or they're a musician and they might want to look to play what what's the best what help are you guys looking for still if any and then how can people find you well, we will are looking for help, and we will always continue to look for help in the form of artistic and creative individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way to reach us right now is our Instagram. It's Beacon Denver. Beacon our, Denver. Beacon Denver. At Beacon Denver. Okay. Should I I'll have to follow that. So we're going to engage more with that. Right now, we've just we just have the one post. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And that's the best platform for just any, anyone, any facet. Currently, I think in the next three months um, or in the next two months, the beacon, um, I'm sorry, beacon Denver, Instagram or Facebook will be the best way to reach out to us. Robert and I will become very active probably starting next week uh, towards the end of the year, beginning of next year, um, reaching out to individuals that have the creative outlet and Mm -hmm. that have the desire to continue to create. We want to do what our, what we can to help support this, yes, this amazing project. And uh, yeah, for those listeners that are interested, go to uh, on Instagram at Beacon Denver uh, to get more information. And I'm sure there's probably a link to... There'll be a link to our... Uh, DMU or whatever. Yes, yeah. of course. And yeah. we're also looking for investors. We still have a little bit of money to, uh, to raise. Okay. And so investor investment is something that's on the top of mind for us uh, right now as well. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Um, I want to dig a little further into your past. Sure. Uh, because I mean, it's just, uh, quite impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Uh, when did you, um, when did you get started? When did you decide that, you know, hospitality restaurant industry is, is kind of what your path is going to be? Sure. I started, um, I mean, really my, um, before I was born, my grandparents owned and operated the first pizzeria in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh. So it's been in my blood for generations. Um, me personally, I was, interested in hospitality at a very young age. Um, I became friends with the owner of the pizzeria across from my house. And just because I would always go in there as a young, as a young person. And, yeah. uh, this guy really just took me under his wing and I loved it. And That's cool. learned a lot at a young age. I didn't realize how much I learned until recently when I started to really kind of unearth a lot of the, those experiences. It's been, it's been fun. My first job ever was a pizza cook at, yeah. in Arizona, actually. Oh, really? Cool. I'm trying to remember the name of the place. Uh, Sabaros, maybe? I can't Sabaros. remember. Sabaros, okay, cool. Yeah. Where in Phoenix? 
Um, I think it was actually like in Chandler Gilbert. I grew up in Chandler, Arizona. Okay. I went to Paradise Valley. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So 40th and Greenway. Two Arizona boys here. Yeah. 40th (laughs) and Greenway was my was the pizzeria. It's no longer there, but uh, yeah, I was washing dishes and making pizzas at I think I was 15 or something. Super young. Yeah. Oh, Barrow's Pizza. Barrow's Pizza. Oh yeah. Have you heard of that one? Of course. They're they're like a chain. It's a chain, of course. Yeah, Yeah. 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 That was fun, though. That was a fun job. <laughs> That's <laughs> anyway. awesome. That's great. Okay, so then uh, you uh, went to school for for this. You know, um, I moved to Aspen when I was 21, and okay. that's really where I was really exposed to what hospitality and that word hospitality and how that influenced my life um, really, really took hold. Yeah. Um, my early 20s in Aspen, surrounding myself with amazing people mm-hmm. and identifying a handful of mentors at a young age is, is, was, was a really powerful experience as a young person in a, in a really influential town. Yeah. You know? And Bobby Stuckey town. from, you know, that o- owns and operates Frosca Food and Wine okay. and Tavernetta. And, and Sunday, Sunday vinyl, vinyl. <laughs> yeah. and Sunday vinyl. Um, we were housemates when I was 21, so it's been in. It's uh, we've been friends a long time, and oh, wow. I am I am proud to say he was uh, a big part of my um, kind of training or upbringing. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Or your journey, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and did I see that on your LinkedIn or somewhere that you're a sommelier? Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, did you, late, uh, go late 90s. Okay. Uh, yeah, late 90s. Man, I can't imagine how difficult <laughs> that is to, to yeah. attain. Not a master, no. This is, uh, there's, there's a handful of levels now. Yeah. There's four levels now. I, right. I took the test when there was three levels. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you a level one, three one. then? Oh, when, you, when there was three levels. When there was Got three it. levels. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then uh, you moved to Aspen in the early 20s. Yeah. And then when did you make the transition from, you know, learning from others and working for others to, okay, I'm going to go carve my own path now and open my own ventures and step into the entrepreneurial world? Sure. I think that, you know, leaving, you know, being in Aspen is a very privileged place to be. I worked really, really hard, but it's also a very easy life to settle into. And um, it was becoming that for me. Mm. And so I really wanted to challenge myself and understand a different way of looking at life. Again, I'm like early 20s, right? So I didn't have a ton of outside experience. So then I moved to San Francisco and I was in San Francisco collectively about five years, five, six years. Okay. And then from there, I came back to Colorado, and that's when I started this journey. Okay. Um, uh, reengaged with Bobby, and then the journey of opening Lower 48, my restaurant. Gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was your first kind of uh, path into this is my – I'm creating this from scratch. Yes. Which yeah. you did. You, you – uh, you did almost everything from scratch. Everything right? I'm myself. Sure you had a lot of people's help, but a ton of help. I mean, you can't do it alone. Do. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've even in my mid to late twenties, I was a hospitality consultant. So before before Lower Forty Eight, I had opened and transitioned about fourteen different restaurants. Okay, in one way, shape, or form. Wow. So doing that for my own was awesome, but it was also something I was comfortable with. Right. So having all those experiences. And running bird's eye hospitality, 
And now what you're building with the beacon, what mm -hmm. are some lessons that you picked up along the way to do's or don'ts of getting that atmosphere right, getting the logistics and the, you know, uh, the team and everything? How, how does, it seems like some, you know, uh, restaurateurs or whatever you want to call them, they have it dialed in and some don't. And it's, mm -hmm. what are kind of some of those high level lessons that, um, that you've picked up along the way? One of the biggest lessons I've learned is looking inward is really, really powerful as often as you can. Hmm. Asking yourself hard questions and putting ego aside, hmm. understanding what is the best experience. Or if I were to look at it through the get, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If I were to look at it through the guest lens, yeah. those are the best answers. If I were to look at it through the guest lens, those are the best answers to the problems that you can have. Okay. Yeah. So looking at every experience and every interaction through, through the through, guest lens, yep. really important because it's not, I have this idea of creating my restaurant, right? Yes. It's my idea and it's my vision and it's the concept of the business but really understanding what it looks like through the guest lens and making it very easy for the guest to understand what you're doing right. is really, really important. Oh, wow. Being yeah. vague about the type of food you serve is a good example. You know, mm. a contemporary American restaurant, every, people can have different opinions on what that means to them mm -hmm. as opposed to I am an Italian restaurant based on the cuisine and culture culture of Friuli Venezia Giulia, you know, right. Yeah, exactly. In Bobby's situation. So being loose with that is, is better is what you're saying. No, I, I think being a, being more targeted and more, got it, got it. And, and more focused on what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Is really important. We are an immersive art dance bar. Wow. No one really knows what that means because I don't believe it exists, but that's what we are. Yeah. And those are the things you can expect to do here. Yeah, and this is one of those things that yeah, that's a new term, in the, especially yeah. in this industry, mm -hmm. and it's you're gonna, it's going to be a little bit of educating the market, but this is going to become word of mouth so quickly because I sure. can already see kind of the photos I've seen of your renderings and everything. I can already tell that it's going to be people are going to come here and have an experience like they've never had before. They're just going to be tagging you guys on their stories. Sure. And, you know, uh, it's good. And that's friends. true. And, and, you know, really uh, understanding what that experience looks like before the guest arrives, mm -hmm. um, how we set the stage through social media, through our outreach, when they arrive here, whoever greets them at the front door mm -hmm. and what they can expect after that greeting is different than most any bar I've ever been to. Right. And really paying attention to that as something um, we've been really focused on when we have our brainstorming sessions. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, let's dive a little deeper into you, into you personally. Sure. I always like to round these out with some rapid fire uh, okay, yeah. questions. Uh, I always like to get um, better feel for like, you know, those of us that are pushing against the norm in, in, in an industry, which is why this podcast exists. Okay. What drives you and, yeah. um, you know, what makes, what makes you get up and be focused and motivated every day. Um, what, um, are there any influential people, 
um, that uh, have been really instrumental in, in who you are as a person um, throughout your life? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> it's a really big question. Um, and, and, and the people that I would mention are always in my life, mm -hmm. but they kind of come and go but they're always very influential. Mm -hmm. I think that if I were to answer the question in, in a very um, relevant way, and, and that is that the, the ability to understand who you are, and like we all have different chapters in life, and mm -hmm. it's only until recently that I've understood that. I'm not the same person as I was 10 years ago, and nor do I want to be. And, and understanding and really embracing that and figuring out what this chapter and what, what your last chapter looks like is really important. So when I, when I sold Lower 48, I went bankrupt. I lost my mother. I lost my dog and a handful of other things, a girlfriend. And so when, you're, when you are forced to look at life in a way, that is very challenging. I think that you're forced to, to look inward. And I, um, you know, going through that specific experience, you know, I, I actually did a pretty good job navigating it, but it wasn't until the luxury of time where I look back and I'm like, what happened in this particular spot? You know, I lost my mother, my number one fan, my dog, my best friend. The bankruptcy thing was your financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And so when you can look back at it and, and try to break it down into one word. That word was identity. And then so when I was able to identify that word identity, that's when I went all in on hospitality once again because I strayed the course a little bit and helping other people do other jobs. And I was helping with a natural foods company for a while and there was other jobs that I chose to do because I wanted to explore what that looked like. Yeah. But really that identity, that word identity just kept looking me in the face and like understanding where that was. And once I was able to kind of understand where I was and where I am, you know, abundance was at my fingertips. Wow. Yeah. So going through those negative, negative experiences sounds like sounding like all of these happened like very close together within a six month period of time. This wow. is really important. Yeah. This is just all it, it, it like it looked me in the face all very quickly and and uh, they're unfortunate life experiences. Mm -hmm. That's how I view them. Right. You know, we all go through them. That just happened to be in a very short period of time. For yeah. Me, you know, so it caused you to look inward and really figure out what, um, who, who am I? What do I want out of life? And we, you arrived at this term identity. Mm -hmm. And is, am I hearing you correctly in that you're saying you discovered or you realized exactly who you are and that you want, um, you want to dive back in? I, yeah, exactly. And that's really just creating experiences, um, creating community, I think is the number one, was the number one, creating community is the most important thing through my lens. Mm -hmm. After I was able to explore kind of what this identity word and how it, how my relationship with that word. So community right. was that word that was the was following that really you know yeah and this is uh the beacon clearly is going to be um the um <laughs> i don't know you like the the expression of that <laughs> yeah yeah it's going to be an, an extension of both robert and myself yeah. and 
and and and rhino okay. you know and and the people that make rhino rhino and the people yeah. that make denver denver i mean this isn't about robert and i this is about a place mm-hmm. for people yeah um that's great. and i think that that's and and, and it, it takes a while to be able to you know nurture that sort of experience you know because right. it's it is it is not robert and i we are the we are you're the catalyst yeah <laughs> yeah so to speak yeah um, how about um, any books that you've read or are reading that uh, that you've just loved and would recommend for people trying to carve a similar path as you or really take on any project like that seems like a lot? My most recent book was Never Split the Difference. You, have read you, that one. Yeah, it's good, it's good. right? Yep. <laughs> um, and there's this woman, Vanessa Van Edwards. Uh-huh. So... One of the most influential books recently, um, this year, was Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. Okay. Yeah. What's that? What's the basis of that? Um, it's really about human nature. Captivating. And, no. and how and, and how to and how to be. You know, she yeah. is a recovering introvert, is how she says it. Oh wow. So that gives you an idea of what <laughs> yeah of uh of her platform for it. but she's got all kinds of great exercises on her website um another book is the laws of human nature hmm. the, that's the other like awesome book that you can reference to not only internal but you know who you choose to surround yourself with um it's also been something i've been ba- paying very very close attention to Mm-hmm. that sort of energy and what energy I desire. And, uh, I mean, shoot, we met recently. I really feel like you find people at the right time yeah. for each other. Yeah. If you're, if, if you're in that position of receiving awesome, basically. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? Yeah. Find, like, uh, finding your tribe, mm-hmm. connecting with your tribe or your yeah. tribe finding you. That's, that's a big, the that's a, the big spirit of beacon. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I do feel, I mean, I so deeply feel like there's a subconscious movement in that direction right now. Mm-hmm. Like whether people are aware of it or not, um, it's just becoming more and more important. Yeah. And it's just happening automatically almost. People needing a creative outlet, people understanding who they are. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of internal work going on for those around the globe right now. And uh, who, whoever was on that journey before this happened is ahead of the curve. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, next question is, I want to talk about like whether it's morning routine or any sort of like uh, self-care routine that you have, mm-hmm. regardless of what time of day. Do you have anything that you try to stick to to help you, help you stay on your game? I am of the belief that a great day starts the day before. Hmm. And so I will organize my... I will organize the next day that night. So I really feel like that's a big part of my morning routine. Mm-hmm. It starts the day before. You make a list of things you want to accomplish? A or? list of things, or I have a room in my in my home dedicated to meditation and yoga. Okay. So I'll go in there and just be still and be quiet and breathe. And I'll have a little journal and notepad and sometimes things come to the surface, but yeah, it's really a great day starts the day before. And if, if I had one thing that I do consistently, it's that, okay. um, there's also the, you know, the, the health hacks, you know, drinking a bunch of water in the morning with lemon, um, by default in my industry, 
there's big gaps between my last meal and my first meal. So I've been fasting and I haven't even known it <laughs> since, oh, wow. uh, since my early 20s, right? Because you ate, eat late and then you, you eat late in the day and then you eat late in the morning, in the afternoon. So um, by default, I've been fasting basically more than half my life. Intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I really think that my, my, I'm sharper when I do that. Yeah. And I pay attention to that, like right around 14 hours, 15 hours, I start to bonk, but wow, I could say I've been doing that for the last six years. Jeez. Yeah. Like intentionally doing that for the yeah. last six years. Yeah. I do that, um, about twice a week, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, and I do have uh, more energy in the morning when I don't eat breakfast, but yeah, I'm sharper. Like food. everything kind of just, <laughs> you know, it, it just, everything just happens a little easier for yeah. me. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, last question to round it out here. What would you say your superpower is? Empathy. Hmm. It's a great question. Yeah. I think that the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes, um, if it's not, I, it's, I, I aspire for it to be because now more than ever, we need to understand why people behave the way they're behaving. I mean, there's definitely I don't know if there are two camps of people that wear masks and people that don't or people mm -hmm. that isolate and people that choose not to isolate, but whatever and however we're viewing and seeing life in front of us, being really careful on how our judgments come out mm -hmm. um, and being very careful and not saying them out loud and internalizing it, digesting it and asking yourself kind of why you feel a certain way. But um putting yourself in the shoes of someone else, I think now more than ever is really, really important. Mm, that's a great one. Um, not one that all many people have probably. <laughs> well, and what it does, it also forces you to listen. Yeah. And it makes you listen, you know, what's between your own ears and it, and it makes you listen through conversations like this too. Yeah. So, um, listening is a, a journey I've been on for a long time as well, but I think listening is a result of paying attention. So, right. Yeah. Well, that's great. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, uh, Mario. Thank you for being here. Of course. I appreciate and, it. And uh, again, for those of you that want to check out, um, the beacon, go to Instagram beacon, Denver, yeah. at beacon, Denver, get more information. And we're looking for artists and investors. So that's it. Well, appreciate it again. Thank and, you. Uh, pleasure meeting you a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, man.